Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show. Episode 122, coming at you from the Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host, producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me in person this week, we got Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, back-to-back weeks. Welcome back. Two weeks in a row, right? I love that. First I'm time so since October? Question mark? Probably since September for back-to-back yeah. weeks, if we're being honest. Whew. So, good for you. Exciting times at the podcast. Great times at the Root for Wisconsin show. Also joining us after a couple weeks off, Shauna Halbach. Shauna, welcome back to the show. What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to hear. Glad to have you back on. All right. Got a couple pieces of business to talk before we get in the episode. As always, got to start with our friends over at Rage and Pro Wrestling. RPW Heat Wave 3 coming up on August 26th. Be there, be square. Although none of us will be there. We're going to be squares. Yeah. I'm going to be squares for the next three events, and I am heartbroken about it. That is That was a very unfortunate revelation this week. I know. I'm almost. I almost thought about canceling my Phoenix trip. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I would though. I would. That would be something that you. I would be disappointed if I didn't do. Oh, that that's rough. I'm gonna be disappointed probably, but. I mean, you're gonna see the NASCAR championship, but. And I pretty much have everything already set up. Yeah. Otherwise, if it wasn't for that, if I didn't like book the Airbnb last week and I didn't do that kind of stuff. Oh, like, so you're I, coming off. You're fresh off figuring this out. Yeah. It, like, if I wouldn't have done that, I would have canceled the Phoenix trip and went to RPW. Oh, that's rough. It's okay. We'll hit you back in, like, probably February. Oh, I'll hit another one in long. February. I haven't been to a show in forever. Yeah, it would have been last December. It was yeah. the last one. <laughs> that's so sad. That's what Next I- to Bonkers. Yes, next to, <laughs> next to Bonkers at the, what is it, the Big Apple or whatever? In yes. Manitowoc. Uh, so RPW Heat Wave 3 at the Watering Hole in Green Bay. Tickets available for that one at rpwprowrestling.com, also at the Watering Hole itself, and at Look Sharp in the Fox River Mall. Be sure to get your tickets for that. And then RPW Homecoming 1, November 3rd. That one in Wapaka at... The Wapaka Expo Center, be sure to check that out. Tickets are going quick for that one. You're not going to want to miss that one. Former WWE talent Swoggle is going to be in that one. So, and if you're in Wapaka for the RPW show, there's an excellent diner called Three Squares in Wapaka. It is the ultimate truck stop. They have a one-pound burger and one pound of fries for like $17.99. Damn. It is a... Hell of a deal. Mm. So check out, uh, it's either three or four square. I forgot what it was called. But we actually just opened up a plant out there, and one of the ladies there told us not to go there. Oh. And the where do you think the first place we went was? You went there. <laughs> it was delicious. And then the following night, the very next night, Saturday, November 4th, RPW Destiny 3. Perfect. RPW to Destiny 3, November 4th at the Big Apple in Manitowoc. Uh, one complaint that we have, and RPW's been a great partner of ours. One of the best, actually. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably our best partner, aside from yeah. maybe uh, Riverwood Gallery, who's been there since day one. They have been there since day one. But maybe let the scheduling stay up to Shauna so we can actually attend the events. Yeah, Rich, you just call me up. We can look, take a look at our calendar, take a look at your calendar, and then we can figure it out so we stop missing events. Because we'll, we'll have missed the last three events for me and Sean and Sean. And then you, like you said, you won't get to a 2023 event this year. No, I, my last one would have been 
December? Was November, that December? December, whatever what? it was. I thought that was like Jan- February. January. It no, was. that was ours. That was our last one. No. Did you come to the one in January? Yeah, you had to have. Yes, it was January. Yeah, because we don't have Kelly and Tom after. That's yeah, true. that's what so I'm January. saying. So January. So you did get 2023. Just. I've only made the one show in 23, and that's a terrible travesty. Very sad. Nothing short of a disappointment. I know. I, I'm letting everyone down. I'm letting the team down. It, it's okay. We'll forgive you, but there is work to be done. Yeah. Yep. You got to redeem yourself now. Well, luckily they oh have RPW Redemption. <laughs> it's an event that they also have. So anyway, so we've got that going on. And also got to talk about our friends over at Raise Energy. RepSports.com gets you uh, being able to shop for Raise Energy. Code ROOT4 gets you 15% off any order. R-O-O-T number four. ROOT4, 15% off any order, whether it be the energy drinks, the energy supplements. Little pre-workout, you name it, it's there. RaiseEnergy.com or RepSports.com for Raise Energy, and that's code root four. With that, we get into what we had rooted for in the last week or so. That is brought to you by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores, including the official preseason gear of the Green Bay Packers. Check it out. Rep your team with Fanatics and those 300-plus powered stores. And Shauna, you've been gone the longest. What have you rooted for in the last couple weeks? Put me on the spot here. Um, Just summer. In general, and I know that's stupid, and I think I've had one of those before, but I don't know. I'm just trying to enjoy the last couple weeks of my summer and not do anything and whatever, so that's me rooting for that. All right, Rams, what do you got for us? Rooting for? I feel like rooting for anything this week. I was kind of happy the U.S. women's lost. Or was that yesterday? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. That's a hot take, but I don't hate it. They've been kind of loud and whiny lately. (laughs) <laughs> someone had to knock him down a peg. All right. My root for, you know, really, it, we talked last week, we talked about Ty Majeski at the Dixieland 250, or the Gendrud Auto 250. Dominating performance for Mr. Majeski. Start to finish, I think he probably led 240 at the 250 laps. Give 230 for sure. I mean, he he dominated that entire race. Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal sight to see. I didn't see much of it. <clears throat> <laughs> Why was that, Shauna? Would I, you like to tell us? I was just, I was enjoying my time, and I didn't watch much of the race. It was the whole summer vibes thing, right? It was. It was the summer vibes. <laughs> the carbless were hitting. It was great. Thank the free you. carbless. Free shout carbless. Free yeah. carbless. Shout out Megan. We don't have that kind of money to afford. No. The amount of carblesses that were drank that No. Night. No. But, yeah, that was a great time. Um, Packer football underway uh unofficially kicking off for the first time in lambo over the weekend at family night it was a great time uh we'll talk about that more throughout the episode happy birthday mel Woo! shout out to mel on sunday. sunday so sunday sunday and then real quick i gotta talk about this because i we talked about it in a previous episode and i kind of made fun of it i'm taking back anything negative i've ever thought about the barbie movie you better yeah that is a phenomenal film that's a phenomenal piece of cinema it was. It was great. Movie of the year, twenty twenty three. What's wild to me is again, I, best supporting actress is, or actor is going to come down to Ryan Gosling as Ken and freaking uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as yeah. what's his face and Oppenheimer. Two vastly different movies, but that's what it's going to come down to. What really? They're different. I would never thought. Also, phenomenal piece of cinema. <laughs> yeah, just both great. So, if you haven't been to the movie theater in a long time, mm-hmm. like a lot of Americans have. 
two excellent movies to go see. Shauna and I talked about this on the way home after seeing the Barbie movie with you guys on that Friday night and talked about how that movie may have saved movie theaters. I said it's, it's bringing the people back to movie theaters. I mean, this is three weeks now since both of those movies came out, and they were still packed. I believe Barbie brought in $800 million yeah. last I saw. So it's probably including close to a billion, billion now. I think it passed a billion For over sure. the weekend. I, honestly, I think this is the one, like, yeah, there was Top Gun, and but not really any, like, blockbuster cinemas. And to do two at the same time, movie theaters are... I like think they're been, making their money back. There's been individual movies. That, like you said, Top Gun. You, you look at the last Spider-Man movie. There's been a couple here and there that hit one at a time. Yep. But there's such, a, there's such a niche movie that if it's not your thing, you're not going. Whereas these two movies, I mean, they kind of captivated everyone. Yeah. And really, like I said, revived the movie theater. Yeah, I think so. But what a cool time to be alive. Great time to be alive. Very mm-hmm. happy to be here. Um, so that's our positives of the week. The, with that, we go to the negatives of the week in our Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week. Ramsey, you've always got something negative to say. What do you got for us? Uh, oh, what? <laughs> so sad. I don't have anything negative. It's been kind of a slow sports week for us well, non-baseball fans. Unless you want to dunk on the U.S. women's team some more. By all means, go ahead. I don't know. I don't really care all that much. I think it was very fitting that it was Megan Rapino that, like, botched. That, like, botched the penalty kick and sailed it high. Yeah, because you can't be loud and obnoxious and... As a bench player. And then show up and miss the one thing that they pay you to do. Right. Yeah, that that in and of itself. Uh, my nugget of the week is going to go to the Baltimore Orioles. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the, the what stuff is with... What Baltimore Orioles? The baseball team, Ramsey. Oh, interesting. Uh, but the stuff with their broadcaster... Uh, they had a broadcaster who was... Actually complimenting the team. He was reading off a graphic talking about how the Orioles have struggled with the Tampa Bay Rays historically. Because the Orioles have not always been a great franchise. Who are the Tampa Bay Rays? Another baseball franchise. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they have had their struggles against them. And the owner saw the comments talking about these past struggles. Suspended the broadcaster indefinitely. Boo. Until everyone and their brother saw this happen and then uh, pushed to get him back. So his suspension will end. It started yesterday. It will officially end on Friday. But what? It was, it, like I said, if you watch the video, if you go on Twitter, watch the video, he says nothing that's. What's Twitter? X. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> go on X, watch the video of the baseball team announcer talking about how his baseball team has struggled against a different baseball team, that they're doing better than this year. And just the owner suspends them. Yeah. That's great. So that is my nugget of the week. Shauna, you got anything? Um, I don't think so. Other than I think I was maybe duped about what family night was. I thought they were actually going to play a game. I was so bored. <laughs> I thought they were going to actually like scrimmage each other more than like twice. <clears throat> At one point, they used to. I mean, I had a great time socializing with my friends. Like, I, it wasn't a bad time all around. I just thought we were going to see a little bit more. You know, we could have done that anywhere, though. Like, we could have went to socialize. Oh, for sure. In this apartment. I mean, maybe not this one because it's so it's hot. It's so hot. Like... <laughs> there you go. Uh, Noogie to tune in for our apartment being so dang hot. It is just, it, it's too well built. That's the problem. It is too well insulated <laughs> that when we run our dryer, it just 
It feels like 80 <laughs> it degrees was, in here. It was 80. That it was, feels yes, like 80. It, it was 80 degrees. I was trying to soften it a little bit, but yeah. And my was, house is 60. So okay. I come in here and it's a 20 degree swing and I, I don't know. You weren't ready for it. I was shopping for air conditioners on, <laughs> on Facebook Marketplace, Marketplace for our place. Next time we'll, we'll have it. We're going to get one of them cold fans. We're going to see what happens. If you guys ever move again, I need to be there so I can inspect the AC before we move in. We're going to have a visit. We're like, oh, this looks nice. This looks nice. Ramsey's like, it's too fucking hot. Kiss is going to be at Crandon? That's cool. No way. This is a, like their farewell tour of all farewell tours. But they've been on the farewell tour for three years. How do we get to Crandon? Well, you, you jump drive. on the highway. Wow, 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 wow. 41 what, to 22. What day is it? We'll get tickets. What day is I'll it? I'll go see Kiss. I don't know. Whatever those tickets are, that's worth that much fun. Because those tickets aren't going to be 100 bucks a piece. They're probably 40 50 bucks mm-hmm. All day, 40 or $50 worth of fun. What day is Kiss in Grandin? I do love Kiss. It was funny because we don't have the TV that we have in here. doesn't have volume on right now. But I could hear Kiss singing I Want to Rock and Roll all night. <laughs> like I could hear them in my yeah. head. That's accurate. That checks out. Uh, so it's September 1st, which I think is a Saturday. It's a Friday. Fuck. Well, what time, Shoot. though? 7 o'clock. We can make that. How long does it take to get to Crandon from the pier? $75 a ticket. It's probably, what, two hours? Give or take. You've done a four. We could make, we could make seven. We'd Rick be like six. Rick gets done at five. Well, that's all we need. It's possible. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. All right. So that Noogies of the Week. And the only other thing, so we usually do our, our weird Wisconsin web story of the week here, and not a whole lot odd going on in Wisconsin. However, I don't know if you guys have heard, there is a new version of We Didn't Start, we didn't Start the Fire based solely on Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, boy. That uh, parodies the new Fall Out Boy release of it, which is, I don't think that good. Okay, first of all, that song, the original, is garbage. Second of all, the remake is also garbage. And third of all, this Wisconsin one is probably garbage as well. Well, I'll pause. I'll pause for our listeners. I will play it for both of you, and we'll talk here in a second. So give us one moment, listeners, and we're going to review this. And we're back after listening. So your thoughts. Garbage. Hot trash. (laughs) Not great. Whoever produced that deserves to get their job taken away. Remember I said that I was going to do... all the marketing for whatever league that was. The Northwoods time. League. No one reached out to me, by the way. That's too but, bad. But um, I'm, I'm sure it was the same person that produced that song. <laughs> Whoever does the marketing <laughs> for the Northwoods League is also doing music producing on the side, and it's just not good either. You know, I don't doubt that entirely. Uh, that was, it's not great. There were some comical it's a aspects to disgrace to Billy Joel, and I hate the f- original version. Okay, let's be honest, though. Billy Joel is kind of overrated as a whole. I would wholeheartedly agree yeah. with that. Absolutely. Not oh. a big Billy Joel house. Bully Joel. <laughs> Bully Joel. Big anti-Billy Joel house. <laughs> yeah. I'm about it, though. I'm here. I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the concept is there. Like, I, I get what they're going for. There's a little bit of comedy, too. It's some comedy. It's timely because the re-release with Fall Out Boy, which also sucks. I like the Billy Joel version better than the Fall Out Boy version. But that's not saying much. It's just all... We're going to get a ro- Rowdy Teles bobblehead when we go? Yeah, we've talked about this. Okay, anyways. Anyways, that song is garbage, hot garbage. You don't need to go listen to it. 
Yeah, it's it, it was a rough one. Uh, so that's our weird Wisconsin web story is avoid. We didn't start the fire in Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't start the fire. But the lyrics say that it did. I think it said Wisconsin started the fire. That's what I'm saying. Like The lyrics say that it did. But I thought but then you're it goes, not supposed to start it. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. That's that. In what did Wisconsin itself. start other than old Best fashions and cheese curds? Oh. <laughs> Maybe Wisconsin did start the fire because of the Peshigo burned, you know? Not enough. <laughs> Should happen again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wishing that upon people, but... Well, no, I can hope everyone's safe, but, like, the town could burn. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna... Oh, I'm not gonna endorse that theory, but I'm not gonna take that out of the show either. <laughs> we have some pent up aggression against them. We really do. We have a lot of problems. We should we would excel in therapy. But no. Potentially. This is our therapy. This is this podcast is therapy. You ever see the the meme where it's like why do guys start a podcast instead of going to therapy or something like that? Or guys, guys won't go to therapy. They'll start a podcast instead and talk about World War II all the time. Yeah, or a World War II collection <laughs> or a Civil War guy. <laughs> Men have like three features or like three interests when they turn 20. It's World War II, the Civil War, starting a podcast. Or craft Smoking beer. Smoking meat. Smoking meat, craft beer, World War II, starting a podcast. What's the women version of that? Cats. Mm, <laughs> no. I don't know. When you turn 20, what your interests become? Or 30. Like, or it's probably 30. Meme-wise. It's like, ho- like home stuff. Oh, the whole Buying week. a cricket. Buying $40 soaps. Caitlin Mantel. <laughs> I was in on it. I'm not going to lie. You were in on I, buying a $40 gonna, hand soap? Well, it has re- refills on it. Okay, but think about this. What do the refills cost? Probably just about the same. But think about this. What? Mondo coming home from work, super fucking messy, and using 100 pumps of that $40 soap. Well, tell Mondo to use the Gojo in the garage. I'm just going to go I on know. record saying I have no issue with Dawn dish soap. I don't either. I'm simply saying that I'm kind of, I was hoping Kayla bought the $40 soap, and here's why. Because you want to go try it. I wanted to see what the $40 soap was. I also want to go try Cause it. Because I am probably not going to spend $40 on soap. I've spent, I'm looking at air conditioners right now. <laughs> and Harvey not, W tickets. Yeah, that's, that's number one on the list, and kiss tickets. Yeah. So really, there's some other expenses that are going to be coming up here that are priorities over the forty dollars hand soap. But I just I if can't. I knew somebody that did she had buy forty dollars hand soap, I don't think so. She said she couldn't because it didn't come in a a glass bottle. It came in a plastic bottle. We should uh, put a little pressure on her. And... I do got to say that glass bottle point is a very underrated point to the whole thing. Yeah, if it came in true. a glass bottle. I feel like that's a better sell. Oh, the 37 cents glass bottle. I would rather have that if I'm paying $40 for a bottle of soap. I'll pay yeah, 40, it better be in a cool I'll pay $40.37 bottle. to have a glass bottle over plastic. Isn't Plus, it for the environment. Well, <laughs> yeah, save it all. I've been on a big environmental kick because uh, with this whole, I figured out weddings are a scam by the USPS. Well, yeah. And wedding invites. Of course. That was my big takeaway from today. Generally speaking, weddings are scams, just in general. I mean, the love and all that stuff is great. And I'm very excited. Okay, let's just suck the fun right out of uh, <laughs> what we're planning. But no, it sucked. No, but I was saying that we could have just as much fun as a cornfield of a keg. couple kegs. Right. You got to know your audience. No, I understand. Probably about four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine. We could save all that money and just say, hey, 
Come to the cake party. But just the yeah. postage alone. You think about you invite people to your bridal shower. That's stamp. 50 cents a stamp. You invite people. You guys, you have to send a thank you card for coming to your bridal shower. Then you've got the save the date. Then you've got the invite. Then you've got the thank you card. That's five stamps. Sometimes the invites require two to three stamps because they're so intricate. And they're heavy. Yeah, so that's, that's five to six stamps. Potentially for somebody to come to your wedding. That's $3. I fully understand what you're saying. I am simply saying, you know, it's cost of doing business sometimes. Yep. I'm just saying it. I think it's a scam by the U.S. Well, postal system. And the worst part about it is they have to pay taxes. So, like, we don't even get mail for free. Right. That sucks. Like I said, big scam by USPS. Government is behind the wedding industry. That's my new conspiracy theory. Okay, but we're still getting married. Yeah, we are, of course. We're going to throw a banging party. We are. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, God. I don't love the sound of that, but anyway. So, <laughs> with that, uh, we go on to Shauna. Did you have trivia ready? Yeah, we got trivia if you want it. All right, Ramsey. Give us the, the trivias. Do you know the rules of Root for Wisconsin trivia? No. Okay, you got to buzz in with your name. Ramsey. Yep, when you know the answer to the question. I, no, 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 no. You have to. Ramsey. Okay, Ramsey. And then you have to wait till I read the entire question to buzz in. Okay? What if I know the answer before? Gotta wait. Uh, Otherwise, it goes to Eric. Uh, trust me, I've gotten screwed on that a lot. I, the, the goal, when we do this with Sean, the whole thing is just a bit of how to screw Eric over. So. I don't believe it. All right, you ready? I don't believe it. <laughs> how? So this is Packers Bengals trivia. Okay. Week one of the preseason. How many times. Has the Packers played the Bengals? Have the Packers played the Bengals? You got multiple choice? Or? Nope. Ramsey, five. No. Eric, 33. No. Eric, so lower than, lower than Eric, higher than Ramsey's. Eric, 13. No. Ramsey, 22. No. Lower than Ramsey, higher than this Eric. This should have been multiple choice. No. Eric, 19. No. Eric, 18. You gotta give him a second. I don't have to do shit. <laughs> Ramsey, 18. No. Damn. Eric, 17. No. 13. Ramsey, 13. No. Eric, 21. No. Ramsey, 14. That is correct. Damn it! Ah! <laughs> I said, boo, Eric, boo. You did not say 14. You no, no, said 13. You said 13. Oh, I said 13 I as well. 15. Okay. Okay. Okay, so... How many of those 14 games have the Packers won? This will be multiple choice. So of the 14, how many have the Packers won? Six, five, 13, or seven? Ramsey, seven. That is correct. The series yeah. is tied seven to seven. When was, what year was the first time that the Packers played the Bengals? I will give you a multiple choice. Appreciate that. 70, 71, 72, 73. Eric, 71. That is correct. With the merger. Okay. Who was the quarterback for the Packers in the 71 season? Right after Star, right? Star retired. Star in, retired, I think, 68 or 69. I don't remember who was after Star. Because it was. Don Horn? 
That is incorrect. Hunt, I think, or... Oh, I, I don't know. Eric, Scott Hunter. That is correct. Nice job. You know how I know that one? Shout out to my dad. He used to have, like, a... He did, like, a preseason, uh, like, a notepad. And he did, like, his analysis of the Packers. And I yeah. found it when we cleaned up my grandma's house one time. Wow. What was his analysis on Mr. Hunter? I can't recall. I had to go find it. All right. When the Packers first played the Bengals in October 3rd, 1971, who won? The score was 17 to 20. Who won? The Eric Bengals. Bengals. That is incorrect. Eric Packers. That is correct. Okay. Two more questions. I had two, too. When was the most recent time that the Packers played the Bengals? Eric, 2021. That is correct. Who? It's, it was the year that the Mason Crosby missed all those field goals. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Who won? Eric Packers. That is correct. And I'll just give you one more. Uh, who was the Packers quarterback in the 83 season? Fuck, I don't know. It was right before Don Mikowski. Eric Lynn Dickey? That is correct. Let's go. Wow, Eric, you cleaned up. Because it was Dickey, then Mikowski, correct? Yes. Imagine and then, then Favre. Then Favre in the Bengals game. Yep. He took over. Wow. My parents were at that game. How was that not a – what game did Brett Favre take over? 1992, There September. wasn't much for Bengals trivia, Bengals-Packers trivia. You think you of... used to only play every four years. Well, I know. Isn't that an odd number that they've only played that many times? In 14. 50 years, yeah. 50 plus years. It's quite low, especially when you guys were guessing like 30. I figure I forgot that the Bengals were that new, plus the merger. That's the, mer- the problem. The merger I forgot about the merger. The merger. But anyway, so quick trip. Let's talk some sports. Uh, starting in Milwaukee, talking Brewers baseball. Brewers are in first place. Got them on the TV right now. Game and a half up over the Reds, two and a half up over the Cubs as of August 8th. Uh, Within the last week, they've had two games where they won 14-1 and 12-1 respectively, so bats kind of coming around. Big news there is Brandon Woodruff is healthy and back on the team. Uh, they did lose Sunday in his return. However, big piece to add back to the, to the Brewers pitching rotation. Woo! And as Shauna mentioned, we are going to the game on August 26th for her dad's birthday. Rowdy Telez making his rehab stint with the Nashville Sounds as we speak. And Roddy told us bobblehead that night. Yeah. So Looking forward to it. Uh, since we last talked, Brewers did have the trade deadline. They made a couple moves on Tuesday after we got done recording. I believe Mark Con- or Canna was already acquired. Um, so really one deadline day deal worth noting was the pickup of Bernie Brewer lookalike Andrew Chafin, who looks exactly like Bernie Brewer, except and like a mixture of Bernie Brewer and Ken Powers. Is that why they picked him up? It doesn't. It's not entirely ruled out. Like we're not sure, but it could very well be a possibility. It's definitely part of it, I think. But he looks like a mixture of Ken Power or Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down on HBO. Um, like the the good old fashioned the guy doing the suck at signs yeah. on the baseball field. Yep. That's basically what our new pitcher looks like. Uh, the Brewers also did deal former third baseman Luis Urias to Boston for a minor league prospect and also made a trade for switching prospects um, with their with a catcher position as well. So that's your update on the Brewers. Like I said, first place as we head to the month of August. Pretty much exactly where you'd want to be if you're the Brewers. Uh, 
leading the division after the trade deadline. Well, yeah, they're in first place. Right. That's generally people want to be there, Rip. Mm-hmm. Thanks, buddy. I got you. Um, but at the trade deadline, and for Wisconsin sports fans, they got us. They were relevant until the Packers season. And as we That's ramp all up. That really matters. So no. survived without the staff all being together, maintained being in first place, and are going to go into this playoff potential stretch. Pretty healthy. Probably one of the healthiest they've been all season. So great to hear for the Brewers. Uh, going north, staying within the Brewers organization, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, uh, still going on as well. Second half of the season has fared better for them. They did have a rocky first half. Uh, second half going pretty good. Just had another guy get called up to double A on their team. There was a foul ball that went backwards, and all the people went, oh, well, there's a net there. It's funny. Sorry. Uh, Tim Rattler's 18 and 18 in the second half of the season. So still potentially pushing for that second half playoff stint, but time running out for them. And then Ramsey's favorite part of the show, our look around the Northwoods League. Ramsey, you buckle up and ready for this? I'm ready for a Northwoods team to reach out to Rams to help them do their marketing. Well, the season ends Thursday. For the regular season. So. No better time than the off season to rebrand. What are you marketing? Like you're going to come up with a new mascot for people? Or, or what? better t-shirts. Better merch. None of these Ooh, people do good t-shirts. Yeah. So look around the second half standings for the Northwoods League. In the Great Lakes East, Kalamazoo 23-8, and 8, Rockford 22-11, Traverse City 17-15, and 15, Battle Creek 14-19, Kokomo 12-21, Kenosha 11-23, the Madison Mallards and the Great Lakes lead the Great Lakes West at 20 and 13. The Wisconsin Rapids Raptors 18 and 13. The Green Bay Rockers 17 and 14. The Fond du Lac Ducks, Spiders at 15 and 17. The Wausau Woodchucks 13 and 19. The Lake Shore Chinooks 11 and 21. Great Plains East, Lacrosse oh. Loggers 24 and 5. The Waterloo Bucks 20 and 10. Dut- the Duluth Huskies 18 and 13. Eau Claire Express 14 and 15. The Rochester Honkers, 13, 17, and the Thunder Bay Border Cats, 10, 21. Then we don't do the Green, the Great Plains West. Oh, thank heavens. I didn't know. I would like the Great thing. Plains West, please. Thank you. All right. <laughs> 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 All right, Ramsey. Just because you asked for thank our you. listeners, even though Where there are my is... tater tots at. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about the tater tots. Uh, in the Great Plains West, the Wilmar Stingers, 28-8, St. Cloud Rocks, 19-10, Mankato Moondogs, 16-14, the Minot Minot Hot Tots, 9-21, the yeah. Bismarck Larks at 8-22, and, and the Minnesota Mud Puppies at 4-19. The Hot Tots. The Hot Tots. The Hot Tots. Wow. So that is your look around the Northwoods League, which leaves us plenty of time for football talk, starting with the Wisconsin Badgers, member of the Big 18, I mean the Big 10. Uh, so, oh, do I got some stuff to say about this? I'll, if I, if I may, it. I'll introduce, and then uh. I'll let Ramsey go. So just real quick, uh, the Big Ten officially added over the weekend Oregon and Washington Correct. to the Big Ten after already adding UCLA and USC. And my USC Trojans. And Ramsey's USC Trojans to the Big Ten. Uh, all four of them set to start the league in all sports in 2024. Ramsey, go ahead. All over my social media the last couple of days have been nothing but Big Ten people crying about these new teams. Like, oh, I'm sorry you go to school in Maryland. Oh, sorry you have to go to Southern California. Oh, darn, that's terrible. I feel so bad for you. First off, like, and the other thing about it is, too, is that it's a money thing. 
like it's a huge money thing. Oh, sure. You move to four major markets, and if you want to keep playing gymnastics or women's lacrosse or men's lacrosse or rowing. wrestling or rowing, you need the money because football is the only sport that is profitable right now. Basketball too. Not what football. Football no, funds same, everything. Not to the same degree, but football funds everything. Basketball breaks even. Sure. Football funds everything else. So be thankful that they're willing to make the change so that you can keep playing chess. Well, and <laughs> I just wonder if it's going to be like, I mean, the time change for these athletes. I mean, they're not, I, I wonder if like the pace of the game will change because they'll be tired. You know, I, we've been, I've been kind of thinking about that and I've had some conversations about that in the last couple of days myself. Um, Football is probably best designed for this to occur because they play once a week. But that's all that matters. Sorry. And like, everything else doesn't matter. That's the... I think college basketball is going to have to adopt, like, what like smaller mid-major leagues do, like the Horizon League. We're going to have to find a travel partner, and you're going to make a two-game trip or a four-game trip. You're going to basically be out there for two weeks. Well, but if anything, it's worse for the West Coast teams going east. Oh, right. Oh, 100%. You're going to have, like, USC, right, coming out of L.A. Right. They're going to go play in Maryland, and they're going to be playing at, like... A noon game, which is... Well, a noon game, but 8 a.m. their time. Right. 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 Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering if, like, it'll change, like, maybe it'll change times of the games. Maybe they'll have later games because of that. Like, I I don't know. It just seems a little bit... Like, I'm all for it. Bringing some different teams, different... I mean, best case scenario, or I guess worst case scenario, Oregon officially has the best uniforms of the Big Ten. Yeah. But, so this is the other thing that kind of sucks. For the Wisconsin, Iowa's, Penn State's of the world, I would not have been thrilled about that. Go on. You have just added in USC is better than any one of those programs today. USC is going to have more money flowing through, and Oregon is better. Oregon's going to have more money coming through, and they also seem to have the right coach is starting to get decent recruiting in there again. Sure. So where you used to be, you go undefeated, you can go play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the case anymore. I think that, for a, at least for a football standpoint, though, I think that only speaks volumes about the way that college football is heading anyway. And I think Wisconsin saw the writing on the wall with the Luke Fickle hire. That's where they had to go that route instead of hiring Jim Leonard. But it's just one of those things that, unfortunately, they're never going to have the money that USC is. I don't that's know if I'd just, go that far. I mean, you're not entirely far, wrong. Though. I mean, it's, but that's that's why you bring them into your conference, so you're getting a share of that revenue. Sure, but it's not. It's an LA market that's funding LA. There's more money in LA than there's Madison. Unfortunately, that's just the way it works. And to be honest, if you're a Big Ten athlete and you're looking at it, I would much rather go play in California than in Wisconsin in November. I think there is something to be said, though. I think these schools like Wisconsin and Illinois, Iowa, Penn State, uh, Nebraska are going to have to expand their recruiting, too, to play in those markets, to keep up with the talent. I think that... I, I don't this I don't see this harming Wisconsin anyway. I think it's going to advance Wisconsin. You know, if you if you want to have the conversation of Wisconsin believes that it's a up and coming next level team, 
and that it wants to contend with the big boys, and it makes the hire of Luke Fickle to go be that team, you're going to have to keep up with them. And yeah, you might not have the NIL money per se because of the market, but you're going to have to continue to recruit. You're going to have to keep up with them in so many facets. But see, that's where I disagree. Because the gap between Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio State is not close. The gap is far. That's a far gap. And then you just threw USC and UCLA, who was pretty decent last year, right in the middle of there. So I, there's going to be a have and have not thing. And I think that's just kind of a college football in general right now, is that it's kind of just become the have and have nots. Sure. But I guess that's how it's always been for the last 30 years, too. So, I mean, what's really changed? Well, like I said, I think you're going to have to start putting a lot more pressure on the athletic programs to go recruit. And not saying you have to lower academic standards, but you do have to be able to compete with these teams yeah. on the field. Um, and I think, there's, I think there's routes to do that. I think it's going to be probably easier said than done. But I think Wisconsin is kind of trending that way. We saw that with Chris McIntosh. I mean, but I keep going back to the Luke Fickle hiring, and I think that is so telling of the direction of college sports as a whole and really, you know, very anti-Wisconsin as a hire because for so long it was, we need to find a Wisconsin guy. We need to find a guy who fits this mantra of the Wisconsin way. And it finally stopped being good enough. And we saw that, I mean, Paul Christ, he, was, he had a winning record. He brought the team to a Rose Bowl two years ago and it just wasn't good enough anymore. And then Jim Leonard was going to keep things pretty much the same with that quote-unquote Wisconsin way, and it wasn't good enough. And that's why you go make that splash hire. You pay Luke Fickle whatever the hell you want, and, or whatever the hell he wants, but and that's why you have to make that hire. I think the Wisconsin way of playing football was more due to the athletes you already had in the region, and you had to play that way, versus having... Um, really explosive athletes on the outside. Sure. And that doesn't change. So your homegrown talent's not going to change. Your Midwestern talent's not going to change. The Midwest is known I disagree. for tight I think, ends. I think it's going to have to. Because Wisconsin's changing their identity from going from the three yards in a cloud of dust to an air raid offense. Sure. I was going to have to keep up, up at some point. They're going to have to make a change. But Michigan's going to change. Or Michigan is already changing. Illinois is going to have to change. What wins in college football currently? Spread. Spread, but with five-star athletes. Sure. The five-star guys aren't coming to Wisconsin. Yes. The five-star guys are going to USC. That's where I'm stoked that – because I think the games are going to be better. Like, I think even Wisconsin as um, – even Wisconsin is not as good, I think they're going to be better. Like, I think they're going to be better. I just don't think they're going to have the same talent level as some of those teams from coming out, out west right now. So I think they're going to be good. I think the game's going to be more competitive because, I mean, who really wanted to watch Wisconsin-Iowa if, you know, you know what I mean, like on a Saturday at 11? I will say, having gone to that game, that was a bit of a slug. And if it wasn't for Wisconsin being homecoming and that Iowa was against all odds, number three team in the country the year that we saw them and we stormed the field after the win, that game would have been hard to watch. Or even Illinois last year. Illinois last year was a little bit of a slog at 11, right? Yeah, that was a... Yeah. I so, did, that game was not bad. I think those days are gone. 
and I think Wisconsin's going to be about where they've been. I just don't know if they're going to be able to recruit with those guys. You know, part of me agrees, but I, I do think that there's enough money out there from Wisconsin donors and Wisconsin alum that while it might not be as prolific as, say, like your, your USC or Ohio State, I think they're going to be able to get the thing done because I think Wisconsin prides itself on winning or has to this point across all programs, really except football and basketball. But it prides itself on being a championship hockey team, a championship yeah. volleyball team, a championship, I mean, you name it. They've won championships in it except football and basketball. And I think there's enough writing on the wall where people are kind of getting sick of it. And as luckily for the Badgers' sake, I mean, you look at people who have money and who have influence in the football world, you've got a former MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, who's very tied to the program as a whole. You've got Joe Thomas, who just became the third Badger to ever be inducted in the NFL Hall of Fame, who is a Wisconsin native, Wisconsin product, homegrown. You're getting more and more Badgers in the NFL every year as a whole. Sure, but USC has Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg. Like those are that's a different level. Those are that's different level money. Sure. Like NFL players are rich, but Russell Wilson made what three hundred million on his last deal. Something like that. I bet you Snoop Dogg's worth almost a billion. Right. I mean USC. USC is your your like flashy team. Wisconsin is not that way. But I feel like Wisconsin's gonna win. I feel like there's enough people interested in it and enough people believing in it that they're gonna win. I don't think they're gonna lose. We'll see. Like I said, USC is your flashy pick, right? Like Snoop Dogg is, has a net worth of $160 million. Really? That's it? <laughs> He's yeah. not disappointed. He's everywhere. <laughs> How is he not worth more money than that? Tax evasion. Uh, He's just, done a dime. Like USC, like I said, is your flashy pick for these college kids. And again, Wisconsin is not flashy. Wisconsin gets cold. You don't get yeah. you know all the celebrities, whatever. So you're not going to get... Those kids, but I think the kids that we are gonna get are there for the for a reason because they want to play. I mean, you're getting four and five star athletes already in smaller doses. You keep winning. You have a great head coach in Luke Fickle who got to the college football playoff with Cincinnati, a, power, a group of five school. Got smacked. Did get smacked. You're not wrong. I'm just saying. And played nobody. I'm not disagreeing with that either. So he was the best player or best school in a bunch of nobodies. Sure. But it still was enough to get the job done and get there. The uh, first step for Wisconsin is getting there. And like I said, I think they'll be better. I just don't know. It's unfortunate that it couldn't have been a year or two later. For like USC, Oregon, yeah. Washington and jumping in. Yep. I see that. I, I get that point. I, I do have to say, and maybe, you know, I was friends with like college athletes at UW-Green Bay. Yeah. And that was a small, small mid-major for Division yeah. One sports. So in one aspect, I do sympathize a little bit because these players are talking about, you know, when you get to these smaller programs, you even get to the softball level, and that's still a pretty major sport, all things considered. Yeah. Um, the, you have players paying for their own travel a lot of times, at, at least for, like, spring training and all that stuff. So for them, and granted, the Big Ten has significantly more money than, than the Horizon League does. But even the Horizon League having to expand to, like, Robert Morris and some of these other schools where you're going to, like, Western Ohio, Pennsylvania, yeah. 
they don't have the money to charter flights all the time, so they're taking bus trips on these. That's why I'm saying, like, I, I have, like, an, a little bit of sympathy for the non-football teams. At the same time, like you said, Ramsey, the reality is those are the teams making money and funding all the rest of these programs, basically. So it, it's a necessary evil at this point. You're not taking a bus from Maryland to USC. Probably not. That's why I'm saying that the Big Ten isn't going to have it as hard. Well, the Big Ten charters their own flights. So they're flying. And I'm pretty sure they fly for just about everybody. I think they do buses on local. Like, probably Wisconsin to Northwestern is probably a bus trip. Wisconsin, I believe, is bus for Northwestern, Illinois, I probably Minnesota Iowa. and Iowa. But everything else is chartered flights. So... I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited. I'm, I think it's great for a Big Ten fan because, you know, 11 a.m. on Saturday, what else are you doing? You might as well throw on a game, and at least now we get to see a little bit more flash come into kind of a non-flashy conference. Tradition. You're going to have a lot bigger field games. Sure. Like, you're going to have Wisconsin. I mean, you look at, like, these were Rose Bowl matchups usually only. How uh, How is the... Conference realignment can work. In the Big Ten, have they announced it yet? They have not announced the new divisions because they had to figure out schedules first. Because with the addition of USC and UCLA when they happened, because of the nature of how college football is, you have deals being made for schedules for like 2026 already. Yeah. So you have to basically go back to the drawing board, figure out your conference schedule from scratch. Like you still, obviously you're going to keep your, your non-conference games, like your... I mean, like, they had the home-and-home home with Northwestern. You're going to keep those kinds of yeah. games. But you have to go back to the drawing board with your all your conference schedule. Yeah, because you're still going to get... And it sounds like Oregon still wants to play Oregon State. Washington still wants to play Washington State. Um, it's it's a little crappy that those games are going to have to start being non-conference games. Yeah. And I feel for those programs at the same time. You see that, like, the Oregon legislation was trying to, like, bitch about that that like trying to make that move not go through is because it's a public funded university. They technically had a say in it. They're still going to happen. It sounds like all those rivalry games are still on the docket. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. It, this, like I said, this is just, it's a necessary evil of how college football has really taken the over. The one I didn't get was Utah. Utah feels like a big 10 school and they're the ones that kind of got left behind. For now. They're going to end up in the Big 12, right? More than likely. But they felt like a Big 10 team, and they didn't come over. Or Colorado, too. Yeah. Colorado, 100%. I could have made that case for as well. 100%. I mean, why have nine? Why have 18 when you have 19 conference when you can have 20? Yep. Two ten. I mean, get 10. But also, then there's talk of go, going further east coast, going to like Florida State and Clemson, which I don't foresee happening. So are all these teams not going to be able to play... A regular season game? I don't know. 12 regular season games, right? I don't think you're going to play everybody in the conference every year. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think what, because like from the from the alignment of how I remember it with the new, the 16-team Big Ten. Yeah. With you, just UCLA and USC, you had, you. I think you got to pick like three teams you play every year. Like you got keepers. Sure. And then the rest are rotating, I think. So, like, Wisconsin obviously is going to keep Minnesota, keep Iowa, because those are their trophy games. I think Nebraska is a trophy game, too. So, I think you're going to keep those three. But isn't that kind of shitty, though? Because Ohio State's going to keep Michigan and Penn State. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would hope Wisconsin can beat Minnesota. Well, right. I would hope Wisconsin can beat Nebraska. And but that's what it's going to come down to. I think you're going to have you're going to be able to keep the rivalry games by insisting like those are your keepers. And I don't I don't know if three was the right number. I think there might have been four or five. Exactly. There every year, twelve regular season games and three non-conference. Yep. So you're really looking at nine. Yep. So you're going to play nine of seventeen other schools every year. So you're basically you're going to go two years without playing some of these teams sometimes. Oh, 100 percent. So. Or three years sometimes, I guess, because, like I said, if you get three or four keepers, you're going to play, like, those three every year. and Unless even the keepers rotate. Keep one keeper and then rotate everybody else. Yeah, you're going to probably have to narrow that down to two, which I think Wisconsin would probably do Minnesota, Minnesota and, Iowa. and Iowa. Because the Nebraska rivalry, yeah, it's a trophy game, but it's not a huge trophy but game. It's not, still, like, historic. You can still do the trophy every three years. I mean, Right. I think it would be Wisconsin. I think it would be Minnesota and Iowa for Wisconsin's sake. I think, like you said, I think Ohio, Ohio State's State, going to keep Michigan and probably Penn State. Probably. Michigan's going to keep Ohio State and Michigan State. Yep. That's probably what it'll be. Probably two keepers and then rotate the, the other. Because you probably are going to still keep three non-conference games. So Unless they move that down to two. I can't foresee that happening. Because I think, I think that's the standard of the NCAA, which I also come to learn that the NCAA doesn't actually regulate football. No. Which is, I mean... No one does. That's the... That's part of the problem. Yeah. And I could... I don't think it'll happen, but one of the other talk points out there has been, what about just making FBS football its own thing and separating from the NCAA? I don't foresee it happening because there's... For simply just because of concussions and injury. I tell you what, colleges, if you're listening to Uncle Ram, that's what I would do. I'd sign up for that right now. I would find... I would get down with Ohio State, Alabama... Clemson, USC, Texas, and I would say, well, we're going to do this. All that money leaves, especially if you get some of those big SEC teams that go, college football just fall apart. I don't think it will because I think that was a talking point earlier. I think the university presidents looked into it. But the problem becomes when you have the injuries and the lawsuits and the liability, like the insurance for that, I think you're going to lose so much money. Like, you have a potential to lose your ass on that. They're billion-dollar industries. As long as someone doesn't die, you're probably fine. Well, and, and not making light of this, but, like, a college player did die yesterday at Liberty. Oh, really? I, I don't know what the st- – I don't. I didn't see anything as to what the circumstances were, if it was, like, heat exhaustion or whatever. But the NCAA is still not being protected then. The NCAA is not taking the liability on that. The school still is. Right, but you still have the governing body because it's technically still... But you couldn't sue the NCAA. You could only sue the school. I think you could sue the conference. I don't know how it breaks down, but I think they have protection under the NCAA technically. I don't know how it all works out because I, I heard this yesterday where from a legal perspective, yes, the NCAA doesn't have like a governing power, but they do still have the liability because it's an NCAA-sponsored sport. Well, you could just make that the FBS and make them have the liability. That would you work, too. your liability. If you were smart, all those ADs would make so much more money on the NCAA up. Just that that's what he said college basketball should do forever. Yeah, college basketball makes the tournament, and CBS and ESPN dictate where the tournament's seated. Pretty much. So you cut out your middleman. You make all the money to yourselves. You don't need the NCAA. I don't hate the idea. I just... 
I don't know how it starts. And aside from like you well, said, it'd be Texas, USC, Oklahoma, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. You'd probably have to throw. I think Wisconsin would probably be in that cause too. But you'd have to have this large contingency of probably about twenty-five schools. Well, your AP top twenty-five in football. Whoever that is, you get those guys all on board. Your top fifteen, everyone else would follow. Probably more more than likely. But that's how you'd make money. You call it the NCAA because NCAA has taken off the top pretty much. So, but isn't could that be how this is happening though? Is this conference alignment to super conferences, and the super conferences gonna say, "Well, the NCAA is just taking money from us." It could be, but I feel like with the conference realignment, because you have all the other sports already have to be involved because of how they did it to this point. Well, but like I said, though, all the other sports aren't making money. Right. So the the football teams are funding the college lacrosse teams. You yeah, know what but I mean, I, I think you start running into maybe like Title Nine problems then too. The NFL is in the title line. No, because it's not college. Sure. If you're under a sanctioned body, they're pretty much semi-professional anyways. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm saying... Title nine, it, it, I, I'm Okay, this is going to be... I got to be very careful with how I'm going to say what I'm about to say. I just want to get into that one. Title nine is very important to college sports and high school sports. Oh, 100%. It is very important to have equal opportunity across the board and equal scholarships and all that. And I'm not saying that... Title IX can be a bitch, though, with, with starting sports. Like, there is... You, you can't tell me a good reason why the Wisconsin Badgers don't have a baseball program, especially with the ex- expanded Big Ten now, where every other school except Wisconsin has one, but they can't do it because Title IX, you have to have equal amount of scholarships available. There's no reason for them to not have a team. But essentially, aren't we starting to see the end of some of that anyways with the NIL money? In what sense? So we're talking 20 years down the road. So this is getting kind of in the weeds. But I'm saying if you had – if you had – I'm trying to think how I want to this. If you were be, being paid to come play football. Sure. At Oregon, and you wouldn't have to worry about Title IX because you're not taking scholarships away. And they're already almost there. We're if it would be if it would be an FBS separate thing from NCAA, then in theory you'd have probably about fifty scholarships that would open up, which would allow like Wisconsin to have a baseball team. And but do you know what I'm saying? And I think we're closer to that than what people would feel comfortable in saying. NIL and how the conferences are being realigned, I would guess that we're having this conversation and we're two schlubs sitting in an apartment. I guarantee you people that are actually making money on this are thinking the exact same thing. The only problem, I guess, with that is that technically speaking, for how NIL is structured, is that it's not technically paying the players to play football. You're paying them literally based on their likeness. They're still amateur athletes, but, the NCAA, but you're paying for their appearance If rights. you're not NCAA sanctioned, it doesn't matter. Pay them for whatever you want. That's also true. But then it has to be privately funded entirely instead of publicly funded. 
slash privately funded. Which, but if you got rid of the FBS or you got rid of the NCAA, you could be entirely privately funded. They'd be making enough money on TV deals. They'd be all right. So at that point, then, what separates that from the NFL? It's an amateur feeding ground. But it wouldn't be amateur at that point. So you're basically but having NFL light. But it's just the same thing that separates the NCAA basketball tournament or the uh, college basketball with the NBA right now. You just put a clause in saying you can't, you're not eligible through 21. I'll go eligible for the draft that way. You always have a feeder system. People are still going to fund it due to the fact that it's an alma mater. It's true. I mean, there. I, I just. I would have to think that this conversation is at least being had by ads around the country right now. Well, ads, boosters, booster meetings, your upper boosters, just you know, shooting the shit while snorting lines of coke in bathrooms, places with, you know, the billionaires and the software yep. developers who still love their school and right. It's an interesting thought. I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen. But if all of a sudden they said, well, the NCAA is being disbanded, I'd be like, well, it's on brand. Yeah, I, w- I would not be surprised at the end of the day. I just, that's probably 20, 30 years out. I think the problem that we have right now is I think there's not enough big picture thinking for that to occur. And I think that might be part of the problem. Or really at all, right? If you really think about it, even the conference realignment, how they're doing right now, isn't great big picture. No, it's it's definitely very short-sighted to, I mean, credit the Big Ten in the sense that if you look back probably t- almost 20 years ago now, or, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they launched the Big Ten Network, right? Yep. You have the first of its kind sports network based solely on schools within your conference. You have a lot of sports highlights from games yep. 20, 30 years ago. With a mixture of, like, you do have academic programming. So you have the schools chipping into it as well. Because, like, if you ever watch BTN, like, during the day, sometimes they'll have, like, academic programming and different lectures, whatever. Boo. I don't disagree. I want to see dunks. Let's rewind. <laughs> it's all about the academics, boys. Shut it up, is. <laughs> Boo. I'm you academic over here. Boo. Academic. Boo. <laughs> Your kind be... put me in detention a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't have put you in detention. I... Actually, I, pro- I yes, probably yes, you would have. No, actually, I have I bond with the kids like you, <laughs> which is probably the wrong thing. But I don't think you realize it wasn't about uh, you. It was me just being an asshole. I know, but he's a sneaky little bastard. In fourth grade, ask my mom. Oh. I would love to have that conversation with Leah. Shauna, Leah, ask Leah on. I. I don't know how much you could have got up to. I probably would have came home and talked to you about Eric every day, or like to Eric, and like because I have a student, and Eric's like, yeah, that's not, that kind of sounded like that sounds like how Rams was. Yeah, ask uh, Leah probably pre-K to seventeen. Oh, I was just a terror. You weren't a tear. I would say probably from pre-K to eighth grade, seventh grade. No. And you were a tear in a different way after that. I was a little more sneaky about it. Those first eight years was right in front. <laughs> did it in front of everybody. I learned my lesson that I got a little sneakier. No. Oh. That was almost worse because I would get away with more. Oh, my. <laughs> 
ask Leah about that. I want to have that conversation. Ask Leah her. about the time that I almost got expelled when I was in, in Indiana. Oh, my goodness. I want to hear that. Let's hear the story now. Uh, we're not going to get into it now. But <laughs> ask Story Leah for about another it. time. She, I don't even know if she will remember it because there's quite a few of those. I was on vacation, <laughs> and I was told that I was going to get expelled. Why? For, for truancy? <laughs> oh, just for shit that they found out you did. I'll talk, we'll talk to you, you about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Is that off-air conversation? Oh, okay. Is there some legal consideration here? No, I just don't want to incriminate myself. I'm That's not fair sure enough. if the statute of limitations have passed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, so back to the Big Ten football. But no, so anyway, so 2007 or so, they make the Big Ten Network. 2011, they have the or 2012, no, 11. They had the first ever Big Ten Championship football game, which Where? was behind this. It was behind the pace across the con or college football, but still, you have the Big Ten Network. You just expanded to add Nebraska. Yep. Which was the first expansion since Northwestern in the nineties. So you have you add Nebraska to the Big Ten, which probably should have always been Big Ten if we're being honest. Really, I still think that was a Big Twelve team. I mean, it was because that's where the history that they made. They've they were they've been historically dog shit since really joining the Big Ten. Well, they made a Big Ten championship game. They made one. They got their ass whooped by Wisconsin. Well, so, I mean, so did everyone else. I mean, Melvin Gordon, Monte Ball, and James White ran for like a five hundred yards on them that game. When my dad's depressed, my dad goes back and watches that <laughs> highlights of that Wisconsin Nebraska game. <laughs> That's right. Actually, the one time, well, we called him after work one day, and he was like, "Eric, it's been a bad day." And Eric's like, "So, what are you gonna do about it?" He's like, "I'm gonna turn on Wisconsin Nebraska." <laughs> and we call, like, I think we came up there. We came up there that right night, before we left. And there he was sitting on his little laptop. And then Eric's like, well, dad, like, we're also, we're also here. So let's put it on. Jody and I are like having a conversation in and, the kitchen. Yeah. And Dave and Eric are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's I'm wild. not going to lie. That's cured my depression a lot of times to <laughs> come home, watch Melvin Gordon run end arounds and Monte Ball just shed tacklers. I think uh, Barbie's that for me now. <laughs> when I have a bad day, I'm just going to turn on. Uh... There you go. I'm just Ken. Barbie and just... Ramsey's gonna be in their shower, like fetal position. I'm just Ken. Everywhere else I'd be. If you have Ken. not seen Barbie yet, you need to go out and see it. It's but, really a good one. So back to my Big Ten point, though. So they form Big Ten Network, first of its kind. They get on board with the college football conference football title game, and have expanded so much. You look at the first little bit, you know, you get Nebraska historic program. You go get your New York market with Rutgers and Maryland. Yep. And now you're the first conference to go entirely coast to coast. Well, they're in all the major markets right now. Except Texas. That's the only one they're missing is Texas. You're in Chicago with Northwestern. You've got New York City with Rutgers. You've got L.A. Yep. You're missing Houston. That's the number fourth market in the country. Watch out, Bearcats. Cougars. Cougars. Been two. Bearcats Cincinnati. Watch out, Ohio. We're coming too. <laughs> but no, they, we, we they, truly, they truly go coast to coast. And that they were the first conference yeah, to go coast to coast. You're going to have a D.C. market and you're going to have an L.A. market. Yeah. And so that's but, what, the but nobody, five of the big six? Nobody in Chicago, New York, or D.C. cares about Northwestern, Rutgers, or Maryland. 
I mean, no one cares. Alums do. That's about it. That's maybe. If you're if you live in Illinois and you're, I guess Chicago gets a lot of product from Champagne, coming up north, because you forget how far down south that is. Yeah, from, Champagne's far from Chicago. That's not a suburb. No, that's the U of I is a ways hours, out of the way. Two hours probably. But you still have a lot of grads moving to Chicago. Boo. I agree. Boo, Chicago. Boo. I don't like Chicago. So what I heard on uh, TikTok today, I know that this is not about Big Ten. Breaking news. But someone was like, Chicago is the best city in the whole entire country. Chicago is the poorer version of New York. Well, that's what they said. They're like, oh, you get the affordable New York. It's cleaner. It's better. It's safer. I'm like that is a in what world is Chicago safer than New York City? Manhattan yeah. is one of the safest places, probably in the country right now. There's cops on every single corner. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. I it the the person I don't even know who it was. It was some I don't even know. Whoever it was was a is a bad decision bum. But yeah. he just he literally Liar. he literally was like Chicago's the best. I I would I would stay in Chicago over New York over L A over anywhere. So I'm like a poor is what Chicago's you're a. No. I'm trying to think what would be, I mean, t- technically speaking, just to wrap, bring this back, Green Bay is the best city to live in in the country right now. We And we had dinner with that mayor. We did. Rams and I had dinner with the mayor of the best city in the country. And top four drunkest cities in America. Hell yeah. Woo. Maybe that's why we're so good. Yeah. We're just happy. <laughs> we're just all <laughs> drunk. Yeah, everyone's too drunk to fight each other. <laughs> and we. To rob each other. We vote that it's the best because we're just all drunk. We're like, yeah, Green Bay. Hell yeah. <laughs> Every, only every once in a while I get like a Shabiznis or a Dahmer, but yeah, it's fine. You know, they're fine. You get one. You get one. You get one every. You get one every couple decades, but it's not shabiznis. like It's not like Chicago where that's happening almost probably weekly. And see, Daily. Shabiznis wasn't even a serial killer. She just was a one timer. That's true. That is a great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she still goes on uh, Mount Murder more. Yeah, I suppose she does. Good for Wisconsin. But I but again, she she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't a serial killer. She was a one-timer. It was enough of a one-timer, though. <laughs> she got her money's worth. <laughs> like, poor guy, but, you know. She got her money's worth, that's for sure. Poor guy. He knew what he was getting into. I don't, I don't think, he, think did. he did. I mean, in fairness, they did. Okay, this is going to go way down the rabbit hole, but, yeah, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to. I was about to say, it's probably best to leave yeah, that Yeah, let's one. go back to football. I'm just going to say, he knew what he was getting into. So on that note, yeah, Big, big Ten football, right? Big yeah. Ten football. Um, no, but, but so just kind of bringing it back to the actual sport. Uh, Wisconsin it did make the coaches poll, uh, checking in at 21 for the initial coaches poll for the season. Uh, transfer quarterback Tanner Mordecai on the Davey O'Brien national quarterback watch list for best quarterback in the country. He's pro- Wisconsin's probably what, top Twelve team, I would say. Wisconsin has a case where they. I mean, if you look at the schedule, and they have a very soft schedule, all things considered. Um, really, kind of a best case scenario for bringing in a brand new coach. Yeah, they very realistically could be ten and two, eleven and one in the regular season. I'm voting eleven and one. You know, we say that every year, and Put then they the do uh, eight and four. Yeah, yeah but, but that was under Paul Chris. <laughs> that is a good. That is a valid point. We were under Paul Chris. This is new Luke Fickle era. And, like I said, with all of these people, like, super interested in it, same with the Packers, it, there comes this certain amount of pressure, I think. 
So looking at the schedule, let's, I mean, just take a quick glance at it. You've got September 2nd, kicks off the season, okay. against the Buffalo Bulls. That's a win. Easy That's a 26-point favorite right now. Easy win. Hammer the Badgers in the over. Then you, the hardest early season test, you're going to have uh, Washington State at Washington State week two. That's a trap game. That's a loss. They're going to lose a loss. Is Mike Leach still the coach of Washington no, State? No, the dude from O'Connell is, that Justin knows. Oh, no, he died, didn't he? He did die. Oh. There's that, too. <laughs> he did die. Never mind. But, anyway, I, I don't think they lose that game because I think that was a very frustrating loss last year. And I think Wisconsin's significantly better that's than that. That's going out west, and I bet you that's an early game. That's a 6.30 kick. PM? 4.30 out west. Sure. That's not bad. Anyways, next. Uh, then you come back home for Georgia Southern. That's a win. You kick off Big Ten season traveling to Purdue, which is going to be a little risky. That's, that's kind a, of that's a, a win. You come back home for Rutgers. That's a win. You're home back to back for Iowa. That should be a win. You travel to Illinois. That should be a win. Then you have Ohio State at home. That's a loss. What day though? That's October twenty eighth. That's a loss. It's probably what's a loss. This, what's the, is the spread out on that? The spread is out on that one. That's nine and a half. Yeah, I bet you that's at kick of that game. I bet you Ohio State's favored by 14. We'll have to save this. October, I, though? October 28th. I think that that's Man. probably going to be homecoming. Right. I was going to say, that's going to be a, that's that's gonna gonna be be a, a big, big one. big game. There's no Should time we, release on that one. That's probably, that's probably your Saturday night football game. Should we game. just make a special trip down to go to that game? That's going to be hell expensive, but that might be worth it. That might be the game of the Big Ten schedule. I, I would even drink it. I would even go drink. I would even watch the <laughs> the game in the bars down there to well, just be down what, there. What we should do is just get tickets for that game and just get a hotel and just crash down there. We'll have to talk about that after the show. But yeah, There's a lot of things October, we got to buy tickets for. Yeah. October 28th, TBD time. That's going to be one of two things. They're going to be that stupid Fox Network Big noon kickoff, which I would hate, or that's going to be a Saturday night ABC game, which you got to think for Ohio State. For Ohio State, you've got to be the think ABC. That's got to be the ABC because game. Ohio State should be undefeated at that point. I guess it depends what other games are going on that day, though. No, that that should be two top ten teams by that point. Yeah, that's going to should be, be that should be a top ten Wisconsin hosting a top ten Ohio State. That could be like a one versus six game. Yeah, potentially. Or two versus six, depending Four on how Georgia's doing. Twelve. Yeah, I mean that's uh that's probably the biggest game of that weekend, I would guess. Then the following week you have Indiana on the road. Should be a win. That could be a trap game though, too. Well, they're coming off of it, depending on how they bounce back. And how that Ohio State game goes. You're back home for Northwestern. That's a little bit of a tall ask. That should be a win though. Home for Nebraska. That should be a in win. In the regular season home finale. And then you're traveling to Minnesota. To get the axe back. That should be a Ooh. win, too. And we're getting it. We're trying to get it back. Yes. We don't have it, right? Correct. Ten and two. I think they're going to lose. They're going to either drop. I think they're going to lose the Ohio State game, and they're either going to drop uh, Washington State or Indiana after Ohio State. I could buy that. That's a, that's a, that Indiana game is going to be a trap game, especially if Wisconsin wins. If Wisconsin beats Ohio State, that Indiana game is going to be yeah. 
could be disastrous. Is it at home? Uh, the Indiana game is on the road. So you're going yeah, you're to going... Uh, Indiana, which is never great. Going to Bloomington is what I was looking for, but I was just trying to stall. And that's always usually a relatively tough game. But Indiana is um, always aggressively bad. But contends with Wisconsin yeah, very well a lot. all the time. So it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm very excited for this season. I mean, we're less than a month out till kickoff of the Big Ten season or the Badger season. And really, I think for the first time, I think in all of our lives, this is probably the most exciting Badger football's been this side of Barry Alvarez. I'm stoked. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great year. So, Badger football, which leads us right into Packer football. And Packers traveling to Cincinnati today had a day off of practice to make that travel. They have a joint practice tomorrow. And then off day Thursday, game, we'll walk through Thursday with a Friday preseason opener against Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to start Ramsey here. Any thoughts on family night and yes. the practices thus far? I do. And so this is going to come off a little bit negative, and I didn't necessarily think this on Saturday night. Okay. Okay, so coming off Saturday night, I wasn't super close to paying attention to practice, but I was watching it a little bit here and there, right? Sure. I watched Family Night replay last night on whatever the Spectrum channel is they were playing it. Gotcha. I saw some things that Jordan Love was doing that makes me question what Jordan Love is. There was a couple, like, open throws that he missed. And everyone plays the highlight of him kind of throwing around the defense. Sure. If the two you, minute, that two-minute draw at the end. But if you watched it, not that one. So it was earlier where two of the linebackers were chasing him out, and he rolled left, yes. and he threw around it. Those linebackers let up. If that would have been a real-life game, the linebackers would have got there. Sure. Before the, I think it was the tight end released to get open. Okay. On the goal line. So that was, I believe that went to Tucker Craft. I believe that is correct. I wasn't really paying attention. I was more watching Jordan Love. It looks impressive on practice practice film because they shot the camera angle shooting from the goalpost. Okay. So it looks like Jordan Love rolled left and then threw back across body going right. Okay. But in game speed, those two linebacks would have got there. Okay. And that was kind of the big highlight that I saw that people were kind of sharing on the internet. But I'm like, I was there. I watched that. I watched the linebackers run up. Okay. So I think consistency is going to be Jordan Love's big thing. If he can figure out how to be consistent, Green Bay is going to have a decent year. There were some inconsistencies on Saturday night. I will very much agree, and that's been kind of the, the takeaway from practice, is that there has been a lot of inconsistency. Um, he started off a little rough with the first team period. Yep. Um, but in the one-on-one, second team period, and then, again, the two-minute drill. The two-minute drill was one of the best I've watched in a practice in a okay. long time. Uh, we'll get to that here in a little bit. So I do want to ask Ramsey, and I'll ask you, Shauna, as well, but to start with, how much are you playing Jordan Love this preseason if you're Matt LaFleur? I'd play him all. I'd play him every freaking game. Because what Green Bay needs to do, and so 
I I think my comp with Jordan Love right now would be Dak Prescott. Okay. I like his intangibles. He seems like an adult in the room. That's you the first him, thing you said Saturday night when we were at practice. Is you said he looks like an NFL starting quarterback. He does. He looks like an NFL quarterback. You watch him on the field. He's a big body kid. He, the situation he was put in with Aaron Rodgers was a no win for him. Sure. He's coming out as the backup to Aaron Rodgers. Like that's kind of the. He was in a no win situation. Um, so I like his intangibles. Better than I do his tangibles. Okay. I think his arm is good. I He's don't, got good arm strength. The accuracy is... I don't see the special on the arm play, though. Okay. You watch Aaron, you can see special. When you watch Patrick Mahomes, you see special right away. When you watch Josh Allen, you see special pop off. Sure. Joe Burrow special, right? Those sure. guys, you see it right away. That's not who Jordan Love is. I think Jordan Love's a lot closer to Dak Prescott than those guys. I don't disagree with that. No. Shauna, your thoughts on practice? I was going to say, I don't want to blow up your spot, but you said to Mel and I, you're at practice I, on Saturday, you're like, I got to be honest, Jordan Love's not it. I. So it, what I'm saying is an Aaron Rodgers replacement. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, okay. I, when, I, I think Jordan Love's capable. I think he, he fixes some of the consistency stuff. Sure. I, I see what you're saying. And watching the tape back yesterday made me a lot more nervous than what I have been. Yeah. See, I think, I, I don't know. I feel like he's got a lot riding on him. He's been able to watch this team. I mean, I know it's a young team, whatever, and I'm not, like, the analytical fan. I'm a very average, like, football fan. But all I got to say is if I, I play him all of it. I would he needs reps. He needs – Snaps he needs, and again, other teams aren't going to be playing their number one defenses probably, so it's not going to be whatever. But I would play his ass because I think he needs it because he needs to know how to run the team. It doesn't look like he knows how to run it. I don't know if I'd go that far. I, I The thing that Dallas got in trouble with this year, and you're seeing it a lot with their current roster and Dak Prescott, they overpaid an average quarterback. And now they can't keep anybody. Right. And now they're having offensive line holdouts because you have to pay other people. Right? And they had to cut Zeke, who still doesn't have a home. And So, like I've said, I, I think Jordan Love is capable. I just don't know if that would be the guy I would like to or feel comfortable with going forward. Well, like you said on the radio today with uh, Chris Hovel or whatever, he said... That, you know, if he is going to go out there and, like, start making mistakes and we're not going to get a playoff because he's not managing the clock enough and whatever, like, those are inexcusable things, I think. Yeah, that's a big thing with Matt LaFleur is eliminating the preventable mistakes. You know, avoiding pre-snap penalties, avoiding illegal motion, avoiding false starts. And that's not all on him. I mean, that's the offensive line. That's the quarterbacks, receivers. Right, I understand backs, that. But I feel like Jordan is going to have to be the person to facilitate all that. Right. So after watching Saturday night and maybe being a little bit of a prisoner of the moment, if, if the Packers truly believe that Jordan Love is QB1 and that they are – thinking that this season is going to be, you know, a season where they expect to contend for the division, which I'm not saying that, you know, everybody should, but I'm saying that the Packers believe that they have a team, which they're bringing back an 8-9 and nine roster 
that really if you kind of look position by position, we did this on radio yesterday. If you look at an eight at every position group, you can make the case that on offense they are worse in only two positions. Tight end two with Tucker Craft probably being a little bit of a downgrade under Mercedes Lewis, but a little bit better receiver, just not as good of a blocker at the NFL level, and obviously quarterback. Everywhere else, you can point to Aaron Jones is healthier and probably going to have a bigger role. AJ Dillon is healthier and has to re, you know, mentally has to rebound from last year. At wide receiver one, Christian Watson is a clear upgrade over Alan Lazard. At receiver one, uh, Romeo Dobbs is probably better this year than he was last year. Luke Musgrave is an upgrade over uh, Robert Tunyon. And then you go to the offensive line. The offensive line is healthy. You finally get a lineup of. From left to right, you go Bakhtiari, Jenkins, right now, uh, Josh Myers, John Runyon, and Zach Tom, who are all finally healthy, all kind of figuring in. Offensively speaking, you're looking at better at 13 spots or 10 spots out of 12 or whatever. Which is all fine and dandy, but you got to get the ball to them. Well, and I was just about to say that it's a quarterback-driven league. Right. You can't. So I think what is looked past a lot from last year and the years prior was I think Aaron Rodgers covered up a lot of warts. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers was able to... He was able to just cover up some of the bad. But when you have someone that can't cover that up anymore... Yeah, I gotcha. It all of a sudden... You start having problems. Yeah. So are they better at position? I would agree with that statement. I think Christian Watson's going to have a bigger year. I think Romeo Dobbs is going to have a bigger year. But all those guys were also there last year. Sure. And my one thing with Christian Watson is, I, and this is what I thought from last year, so I have not watched any of his practice type, and I didn't really pay attention to him at family night. So it's probably on me more than anything. Okay. Where I remember from last year was he wasn't a great route runner. He was freakishly athletic. That's fair. But good route running is what separates really good from really talented. That makes sense. So he has to take another step up. That's what I'm saying. Like he has to advance to truly be considered better. Alan Lazard, for what it's worth, was a good route runner. Yeah, I, by and large, I I agree with that con- that concept. Having not had the benefit to rewatch Family Night, but having read a lot about it and paying somewhat attention, I do think Christian Watson has improved enough as a route runner, more consistent with his hands and catching balls and con- especially contested catches. And I feel significantly better about him this year than I did last year. Which, and that's, that's fine. But he still has to be able to make the plays. And he's, like Sean just said, Jordan still has to get the ball to him. Sure. And I guess that's what I'm more worried about than Christian Watson himself. That's fair. And I don't know. Jordan, I, and I can't even put my finger on what it is. It's like his throwing motion doesn't look natural. And the way the ball releases out of his hand doesn't look right. 
and I, maybe I'm just looking at it and trying to compare it to Aaron Rodgers, who was one of the better throwers of football probably of all time. For what it's worth, Aaron Rodgers, and we all, like by now we know the piece I wrote last week about Sterling Sharp's Hall of Fame candidacy, which I know that you and I agreed with, Ramsey, that he's borderline at best and probably isn't in at this point because the NFL is going to leave him behind. But with that in mind... Statistic from that same metric, that Hall of Fame meter is the metric that I was using for yeah. that conversation. Aaron Rodgers is the third greatest quarterback with in terms of Hall of Fame likelihood behind Brady and Manning. Yeah, that, that's that checks. So, but he is behind Brady and Manning, right? Yes, and it, it wasn't exactly close. It I would say Patrick Mahomes today would be a more unanimous vote in than Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, for what it's worth, if, if his career ended today, which it's not. I mean, more than likely, I hope it doesn't. Not that I like him by any means, but because that would mean some sort of tragic injury or something. But if his career ended today, he would have less accomplishments than the average Hall of Fame quarterback. He'd be in, though. He would be, just based on eye test. But I'm just He's saying, a people person. For, for the Hall of Fame meter metric, Patrick Mahomes. he would fall short just based on those... Pure metrics. Patrick Mahomes is probably as good of a quarterback as I've ever seen. Patrick Mahomes is more gifted than Tom Brady was. Tom Brady just was so much better pre-snap. That's not saying much, though. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, or Tom Brady, for what it's worth, very athletically limited. But I think he was a lot better athlete than people give him credit for. Sure. I mean, he had a 1,000 rushing yards. Over 25 years. Still had it. <laughs> but, no, I came away, actually, t- to be honest with you, I came away a lot more positive on Jordan Love after Family Night. You should go back and watch the Family Night tape. I'd have to watch the early part because, like, the two-minute, I mean, maybe, like I said, maybe it's Prisoner of the Moment with the, that two-minute drill. That two-minute drill was, I think, all I need to see. That's all scripted, though. It might be. Those are all scripted plays. You know how that works. Sure. But if that's what it comes down to, I mean, the, I, I didn't realize how many games this last season, and we gave we give Joe Barry a lot of shit, and rightfully so. Yeah. But I didn't realize how many of these games this season where they gave up 20 or less points and still lost. Well, right. So if you're telling me that if it comes down to it in a moment where it's, you know, if you can get a touchdown out of Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon early – and you're going into a fourth quarter where it's 17 to 13 or something like that, and you got to go downfield for a touchdown with scripted plays, I feel very confident in that. But it's not scripted when it's real life two-minute. Sure, but That's, you still have you still the have defense the play can't sheet. tackle the quarterback. It didn't matter in the, that two-minute drill. It was a four-play, 75-yard drive over a minute. That's fine. I mean, I... I like I said, I, I for what it's worth, I think Joe Jordan Love is gonna be competent. I don't know how much better than competent he's gonna be. Sure. So take that for what it is. So in in saying that, I would put him in the same class of the Kirk Cousins of the world and the Dak Prescotts of the world. So I'm gonna ask you both this question. I'm gonna answer it myself too. This season, over under win total seven and a half. We talked to this ad nauseum since it came out back in March or April, whatever. 
third most likely to win the division. Can at, you go through the schedule before you ask that question? I'd be happy to. Let's, but, let's do the wins that we just did with the Badgers. But what I'm just real quick is all I'm going to say with it, just real quick, is Rams is a trophies in the case kind of guy. Is this season more important if you go five and twelve and figure out if Jordan Love that Jordan Love is the guy, or would you rather go eleven and seven, figuring out that he's pretty good, he's not great, and he's a playoff quarterback? What what would Rams rather have? Oh, I hope they don't win a single game this year. I hope they go zero and seventeen. Based on if, if I it, hope they lose every single game, is that saying that Jordan Love would be the guy? No, because they have Jeff Caleb Williams. Regardless of if Jordan Love looked great and they lost all seventeen games in a row, they would still draft Caleb Williams. Sure, Shauna. I'd rather have them draft somebody else as well. I don't think Jordan Love's it. Because I think Caleb Williams is. I've watched a lot of Caleb Williams. He's as I told it to Mel yesterday. He's as good, if not better, than Trevor Lawrence. That's saying something. And I watch all, pretty much all of Trevor Lawrence games. All right, so going through the schedule. Yep. Week one, you start off in Chicago. Week one. Bears are somehow a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. So they get, what, three for being at home? Yeah. So they're saying neutral field. Green, Green Bay's, Bay's probably favorite. Or, right. I would take Green Bay in Chicago week one. Shauna? Um... I guess I'll take Green Bay. Okay, week two, still on the road. You're traveling to Atlanta. Atlanta's a point-and-a-half favorite. So, basically, Green Bay by one-and-a-half as well on a neutral field. Who's quarterback in Atlanta? Desmond Ritter. Second-year guy. I'm going to take Green Bay to win in Atlanta. I'm going to go hot Atlanta. So, Shauna, you're one-and-one. Ramsey, you're two-and-0. I'm also two-and-0 at this point. Week three... You've got Derek Carr and the Saints coming to Lambeau for the home opener. I think that's a loss. See, I'm going to go with Dub there. I also think that's a win. I mean, I could, you could probably convince me that the Falcons is a, a coin flip, so maybe I'll even say 2-1 and one at that point. If you're 2-1 and one after week three, I think that's pretty much where we all are. I think Green Bay wins early with a heavy dose of running until people get film on Jordan Love. Also, keeping in mind that that Saints game will not have Alvin Kamara. That's fine. With the suspension. That defense is really good. Week four, you have a short week. Your Thursday night football, home against the Lions. Who do the Lions play before that? Uh, the Lions, they have the Chiefs week one. They will have the Seahawks week two, the Falcons week three. And Falcons is a Sunday night, Sunday game? Yes, all these games are Sunday. Well, they have the Thursday night to start with. Sunday at home at noon. Sunday at home at noon. I think it's a loss to the Lions. I do too. I, I would probably go that route as well. So I think you're 2-2 two and two going into your bye week, which is insane that it's that early. I hate that it's that early personally. Ooh, that's going to be a long rest mm-hmm. of the season for the rest of them. Then you have an ex- a little bit of an extended bye week because you play in the next game on the road in Vegas against the Raiders on Monday Night Football. And I think that's a win. I think that's a win. So you're 3-2. and two. I'm saying 3-2. and two. I guess I'll give it a win. I'm 3-2. and two. Then you're still on the road playing Sunday afternoon 
against Denver, which we have no idea what they're going to look like this year. That's a loss. Who's even the quarterback in Denver? Wilson. Russell Wilson. Oh, still? But they yeah. have they have Sean Payton they have now. Sean Payton now. Oh, I think that's an L. That's an L in Denver. If it was in Green Bay, I'd give Green Bay the benefit of the doubt. For what it's worth, that game right now has a three-point spread going towards Denver, which is the home team. So that's yeah. pretty much saying even, I think, coming off of Monday Night Football, I buy that as a win. So I'll say four and two. You're saying three and three. Three yeah. and three. Um, next week, you're at home against Minnesota, even spread. Loss. I think that's a loss, too. I'll probably give that one a win as well. I'll say five and three. You're saying four, three and four. Yeah. Three and, three and four. Yeah. Three and four. So I'd be four and th- three. I missed a game. I did my math wrong, but somewhere along the line. Um, then you have the Rams. Well, actually, I'll say. Then you have the Rams at home. That should be a win. That should I'm be a win. Out. Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite at home. So basically a half point better. What's the coach that always out coaches Matt Lafleur? They all they like grew up together. The Forty Niners. Oh, that's the wrong team. Okay, so maybe it is O W. Dub 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 dub. Then you're back on the road against Pittsburgh. That should be a win. I'm gonna say that one's a loss, just for whatever reason. It's pretty even, but I'm gonna say that's a loss because I don't think they win like three straight. Yeah, I'm gonna go on L two. Home against the Chargers, that's an L. That's a loss. Yep. Home again, or on the road on Thanksgiving Day against Detroit, that's a loss. That's a yep. loss. Yep, 100%. Sunday night football against the Chiefs. That's a loss. It's a loss. Yep. What's the spread on that game? Uh, right now, five. Yeah. Uh, then you travel to New York to play the Giants. I think they bounce back that game. I think that's a loss, too. Yep. I think that's a rough three weeks for Green Bay. Four weeks. Chargers, Lions. Chiefs, Giants. Yeah. Those are all playoff teams. You're home against the Bucks. I think that's a win. Should be a win. Yeah. Uh, you travel to Carolina, play the Panthers. I think that's a win. Oh, I think Carolina's be good this year. I think Carolina's a surprisingly good team this year. I think that's a loss. I'm going to give them a dub. I don't even know what I'm at. I like that Frank Wright. Frank Wright and... Bryce Young combination. I'm going to go on a hot take. I don't think Bryce Young is playing in that game. Oh, I bet you he is. He's going to be hurt by then. I bet you he's starting. I bet you he he doesn't play great, but I bet you they beat Green Bay. Then you've got on the road against the Vikings. I think that's a loss. That's always a loss in Minnesota. And then home against the Bears for the last week of the regular season. And that's Christmas, isn't it? The, The Vikings game is New Year's Eve. I bet you the Bears game is a loss. Really? I don't think Green Bay has anything to play for at that point. Right. So I, I'm going to give them a win on that one. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, I have an 11 and 7 record personally. And I, I think that's maybe a little high. 11 and 6. I think they're going to win eight games. I think they're closer to, going over it that way, I think they're closer to six or seven wins than nine. That's fair, and that, that's why we talk about it. So, Shauna, you said you're on the side of, of you hope 0-17 gets somebody new. Yeah, I don't think, the, I, I don't know. I feel like 
Jordan Love sat behind the Aaron Rodgers, and I get we got to give him a shot and whatever. And this is his chance, and maybe he'll blow us all out of the water and be fantastic and be it and whatever. But I don't believe that that's the case, and I'd rather go get somebody else that I'm excited about. Yeah, it, you know, the hard part about this is they are right in that spot you don't ever want to be. You're bordering yeah. on quarterback purgatory. Yep. Where when Aaron Rodgers had his first year starting, they were 6-10, and 10, but you knew that there was potential there. Yeah. You knew greatness was kind of right. knocking on the door. Whereas I think, as you said last week, Ramsey, you could have a worst-case scenario where you go 11-7, and seven, but you're not 100% sure. The... Unfortunately for Green Bay, they're competent. Like, Green Bay is very competently ran. They're going to fall into, I think, one of those wins that you gave them a loss for. That's fine. Or and two. I, I think that they're at six wins, though. I think that's conversation for a top five draft pick. Really? Yeah, I think the bottom of the league right now is really small. I mean, Tampa Bay, Las Vegas... Houston. I think Houston's going to be better this year, too. It could be. That's a pretty weak division. and I, It's I, a very question. I, I'll, I'll say, I won't say it's a weak division. I think it's a question mark division. I think the number one overall pick is going to be going to a three or four win team. But I think that there's going to be at five wins you're drafting top five to seven probably. So let's let's have that conversation real quick. If you're talking the worst teams in the NFL potentially this year, probably Arizona, because they're not going to have Kyler Murray, yeah. which they've been kind of pushing towards irrelevancy the way it is. Yep. So Arizona's probably going to be on pace to be that worst team in the NFL. Oh. So you have them. Houston might be better, but I don't think they're going to be night and day different because I don't think they just have enough yet. But didn't they trade their draft pick, though? Um, I'm I'm just talking in terms of record wise. Oh, sure. I'm just trying to figure out, not necessarily who's gonna be drafting where, but your bottom should be Arizona, Houston, Tampa Bay Tampa is probably Bay, gonna be down there. I don't for Las Vegas, maybe I will. They'll have Jimmy G. And I think Green Bay is right in that next conversation of. I think Chicago is gonna be worse than Green Bay. See, I think they're gonna be better. I, I, there's there's nothing about Justin Fields that impresses me. Yeah, but I think that he's... He's got the experience factor that Jordan Love doesn't have. And he plays in a weak division. I guarantee that schedule. If our schedule is this easy, I bet theirs is easier. Well, they'll have a fourth-place schedule. Um, let me kind of look through that here at a quick glance. But, like I said, I'm just not... I'm not sold on just Justin Fields having anything to do... I mean, you'll have Packers week one, Bucks week two... Chiefs week three. That's going to be a tough one. Broncos, Commanders, Vikings, Raiders, Chargers, Saints, Panthers, Lions, Vikings, Bear or Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, Packers. When do they get their bye? Never mind. That's a 4-1 team. When do they get their bye? Um, just trying to look real quick here because it's not. It's hard because it doesn't show you on ESPN. Oh. No, it doesn't. It, you have to kind of watch your weeks. Sure. I'm just going to say, I think that the Packers having a fourth week bye is Bad. detrimental to what they're trying to do this year. 
It looks like they have an early buy too. I'm guessing. Kind of looking at the Bears, I'm thinking it's going to be between. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, but now I'm curious. It looks like it's early. I'm thinking between like week four and five as well. They're a four-win team, though. That's a pretty nasty schedule. They, I just Googled it. I think that'd be easier. Actually, they have a late buy. Week 14. Wait, is it Rick? It's tough on ESPN. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's not, that's not friendly to read. But it makes sense. Yeah, week 14 between the Bears and the Lions, or the Vikings and the Lions. And they'll go Monday Night Football in Minnesota and then bye week home against Lions. But regardless, I I don't know. I don't think that's a significantly better team than Green Bay. I think, you know, if Green Bay might, even if they go 6-11, and 11, I think that's, a, like you said, a four-win team. I, I have my questions about Houston. I have my questions about Tennessee, quite frankly, too. I'm not convinced Tennessee is going to be that good. Yeah, but they, Mike Rabel is confident. Confidence wins you eight games. And quite frankly, I'm not sure about Indianapolis either, especially, you know, Jonathan Taylor, he left practice today in, in a kind of, I'm guessing a pseudo-injury. I don't think he's actually hurt. I'm going to go on bold bold take there. I don't think he's hurt. I think well, he's pissed he has off. a trade request out. And, well, he's yeah. pissed off, and he probably, he did what I'm surprised Aaron Rodgers never did if he was that disgruntled, is you show up to camp, you get hurt with, like, a tissue injury that they can't yeah. prove, and then you sit out. You're getting your paycheck. You're not getting fined. I think that's a no-brainer. So that's that's our look as of right now. We'll have plenty to talk about next week after preseason game one. I'm going to go on record. I think the Packers starters play the first quarter. I don't think they play much beyond that this week. I think you get a quarter this week. I think you get a half next week, maybe, which I'm not I convinced would, they need. I would play the rookies. And the second, third year guys. Anyone past a second contract is sitting out this week. Do you need to see Christian Watson this week? No. Do you see Romeo Dobbs this week? No. Do you need to see Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon this week? No. Do you need to see. To be honest, I don't think you have to see Jordan Love this week. I would like to see him. Sure. But if we're being honest with the situation, I, I think. You could probably you gotta figure out your backup situation. I think that's more significant, and that's I've spent the last two days talking about that. Where after talking today, I actually think Alex Magoo is going to take over for uh, Sean Clifford. Really, I think his experience and that USFL experience is going to take over. Well, good not point. not a knock on Sean Clifford. I thought he looked pretty good the last two practices, but and I want to see it in a preseason game, but I think that's a bigger conversation to have is if the Packers are so intent, which they say they are, they say that they're not rebuilding. They say that they're out to win games and contend for a division this year. See, I think that's delusional though. I don't disagree with you, but I'm saying if that's what they, I mean, you're not going to say that they're looking, you know, every year, like Matt LaFleur is not going to come out and say, yeah, we, we plan on losing this year. That's just not reality. But the fan base and the way that they've, done the roster this season indicates I think that they're not all in <clears throat> excuse me 
not that they're all in, but they're pretty well in. They have probably about three quarters of their stack in. They have a couple chips in the pocket yet, but they're pretty far in, which I think is, if that's the case, which that's what they're presenting here, I think they kind of look at the roster around them and need to say, hey, if Jordan Love either struggles way too early or if he gets hurt, if we're this far in with this much money being spent, we've made these roster cuts to keep guys around for this season, we need to figure out a quarterback before week one starts. I just, I don't, I don't know. I think they're in a rebuild. I think they're in a rebuild. They're a soft rebuild as long as Jordan Love stays healthy. And they until you figure out what he is. Sure. So week, Thanksgiving, you'll have a good idea what Jordan Love is. So Jordan Love, if he's anything short, I guess where where is the ceiling for you on Jordan Love as to what you think he can be? Kirk Cousins. I think that's your ceiling. I think, and that's not. I mean, that's not the worst place in the world to be. That's the worst place for a Packers fan to hear, just because of the Vikings. But you're right. That's a that's a quarterback who's a perennial Pro Bowl guy. Who is going to get to the playoffs more often than he's not? Well, so this is where it's dangerous, though. And this is so when I say Kirk Cousins, and this is a ledge you got to be careful on. He could it's quarterback be, purgatory. But he could be Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is really, really good in a Pro Bowl level because he has probably the second best player in football on his team. Sure. When you're throwing to Justin Jefferson, that's who you get Pro Bowl numbers. When you're throwing to Christian Watson, you're probably looking closer to third in the division. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately. So, and unfortunately for Green Bay and saying that Jordan Love is Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott, we've never drafted offensive weapons well. Not in the first round anyway. We've done really good in the second, third, and fourth. So we've hit on Devontae Adams and we've hit on Aaron Jones. Jordy Nelson. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a totally different regime. I mean, but, so, I mean, but you're talking the last 15 years and we're, we came up with three names. They were really bad hits. I mean... Well, I'd say Jamal Williams was a hit. He didn't stay long-term. That's because not a could... hit, though. That's a backup running back. Sure. Just trying to go AJ around. Dillon's not a hit. Backup running back. We haven't hit on a tight end. We haven't hit on a number two receiver. Till Luke Musgrave. Till Luke Musgrave. And we might hit on Luke Musgrave. So we have four in 15 years. And that's where you have the problem that I think Green Bay is going to run into is that you have a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, and you have a bunch of average around them. And we've never been able to draft better than average. You know what the hard part about that, though, is? And I'm not saying this is... I don't know whose fault this is. But the Packers, from how good they have been for that last 20, almost 30 years at this point, they haven't been in position to get those guys either. Aside from having to mortgage their entire draft like the Saints with Ricky Williams. But they never have made that effort either. There's been some no-brainer hits in the top 10 draft picks that Green Bay was drafting at 15 that if they wanted to move up, they could go get them. Sure. And they're, they're, that's just the unfortunate reality. So they're not willing to make that move. And that's fine. Like, that's a, if Green Bay is going to be competent, they're still competent, they're not going to make that move. But then now you're relying on people to go unscouted and develop in. And that's not the way... 
that you surround a B-plus quarterback. That's fair. All right. So that's our Packer talk for the week. Well, like I said, we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Rams, you got a bar of the week for us to wrap up this thing? Uh, the hardware store in Kakana. All right. Tell us a little bit about it while I look it up. It's a bar. Like, that's what it is. Okay. Like, it's a classic bar. I mean, it's uh, it's not a dive bar because it's classier than that. But it's like if a classy bar was like, yeah, I'm not trying today. That's what hardware store is. That makes an insane amount of sense. Like, like, I just, I'm not putting makeup on today. So it's a bar. Like, you go there, you drink beers, you play the jukebox, darts, pool, ski ball. But it's just, you know, it's just a bar. There's nothing special about it. And that's what makes it good. I hate how much sense that, that, that way of describing it makes. That, that what's this, there's a South Park quote. That makes an insane amount of sense right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just kind of looking at some of the reviews. Best bar in town, friendly people, double bubble Thursday, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, clean restrooms, excellent atmosphere, etc. cetera. Uh, just kind of looking at some of the other reviews here. One of my favorite places to shoot darts. Yeah, that, that checks out. This all checks out. Like, it's never, it, you're never going to walk in and go, wow, this is the best bar ever. But every time you leave there, you're like, yeah, it's a nice bar. 4.6 stars on the old Google. So Hardware Store Bar in Kakana is our bar of the week. And with that, let's put a bow on this thing. What are we rooting for in the upcoming week? Shauna, you look like you're ready to talk. What do you got? What? What are you rooting for in the upcoming week? Um, I don't know. We got a wedding this weekend, family time, I guess. Family right. time, fun in the sun, embracing my last week of freedom before I get tied down again. All right, what do you got for us, Rams? What are you rooting for this week? I think we're at the Indy Road Course this week, isn't it? Sure. So NASCAR should be pretty decent this week. Decent NASCAR race on Sunday slash Monday. Big win for Chris Buescher two weeks in a row now. That's true. Uh, Indy Road Course should have some interesting talent there, I believe. Uh, SVG is racing there. I believe Indy. you are correct. I believe... I think it's Scott Rockefeller from the Garage 56 program has stepped into Noah Gregson's car since he's been fired today. That's true, too. So you're going to have, I guess it's a stacked field in Indy this week in NASCAR. So you have a lot of international talent that's going to be down there. The more international talent, the better off NASCAR is. It proves it's a legit racing series and that brings a lot of international eyes. So Indy this week for NASCAR should be pretty good. All right. And I'm going to go just kind of a little bit of a cop-up. But we have football game action. Yes, preseason. But we have 16 games taking place Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if that's not exciting, I don't know what is. Very excited about that prospect. And our first look at this year's Packers team um, as they're going to be on the field albeit on the road, not sure who's going to play, who's not, but we've got Packer football finally back after a basically eight-month break. So let's go Packers, let's go Wisconsin. For Shauna, Ramsey, who are here, Sean Ramsey, who are not, or Sean and Justin. Justin! I got caught, I'm so used to that. Boo, Eric Fisher! For Sean and Justin, who aren't here this week, 
I'm Eric Fish with Big East signing off. Episode 1.2 is in the books. We're out. See ya. Bye. Deuces. <laughs>